coming at you from Handsome Headquarters here in sunny Los Angeles, California. I'm Lee Sanger Golden, and I have fucking COVID. Uh, oh, God fucking damn it. I got fucking COVID. Ben, 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 I got fucking COVID. I'm sorry, man. I'm glad to hear you're okay. I know you told me a few days ago. I mean, it's just fucking, it's scary. Yeah, dude, it's fucking sucks ass. Like, luckily, we're young, relatively uh, healthy. And, you know, as Jewish people, we're part of the conspiracy and, and therefore naturally have a certain degree of antibodies that can can fight this off due to our status as God's chosen people. Uh, that being said, it's fucking terrifying. Um, my wife, who is like nine months pregnant, very much like nine months pregnant because she is in fact nine months fucking pregnant has fucking covid and luckily she's okay she was like feeling symptoms and had a doctor's appointment so we did the right thing because we're following all the fucking cdc guidelines and if you're feeling even mild symptoms that you think oh i might just have a cold or sinuses you tell your doctor and you go get tested so you know, they, they put in the order and, and, you know, we, and they figured, oh, okay, well, you know, the husband, he's there too, you know, might as well put an order for him. So, so I, I was like, oh, okay, I'm, 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 I'm feeling fine. You know, uh, my throat hurts a little bit, but that's because I've been taking fatty fucking bong rips all night long. So, you know, but Hey, you know, just, just, just to, just to be safe, I'll, I'll go and get this thing stuck up your nose. First of all, they stick this thing up your nose that it feels like it's poking out of your eyeballs. <laughs> like, yeah. the, actually, I, ironically, getting tested for COVID was the most painful part of having COVID. Now, granted, it lasted for about two seconds, but if, if having COVID hurt as much as getting tested for COVID, I, I, don't, I, I don't think I would have just jumped off a bridge. Yeah, it's poking. It feels like it's touching your brain. Like you're going <laughs> exactly. Across the barrier. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, then we come home and then like, and this was, by the way, this was the day that the first vaccines were given. This was the day was the day that we tested positive. Now we didn't find out until the next day, but yeah, I get a call in the morning. They didn't call my wife. They just called me and they're like, yeah, you got fucking COVID. And then I was like, does my pregnant ass wife have COVID? They're like, Oh, yeah, let me, uh, Oh yeah, she fucking has COVID too. <laughs> like, okay, all right. So you know, they gave us the, and obviously it's complicated for for her because she can't do the same like medical regimen. Like I'm doing the Z pack antibiotics and you know all that kind of stuff, and I got an inhaler, and uh, just in case there's respiratory shit. But she can't do that, so we got all this medication. And like, I'm not used to being like taken care of. Like, I'm the kind of guy that when I would get sick. I would just not tell anybody when I lived by myself, I would just not tell anybody. I would lock myself in my apartment and just drink Gatorade until I could get out. So I'm not used to like somebody like caring about me because I, I don't get sick. I have maxed out on sick days at work and all this shit. So I was like just a little brat. You know, I was like, yeah, I don't want to take the medicine. Yeah, I don't want ma'am, anyway, ma'am, anyway, medicine. So, you know, to the extent that my father in law was like texting me, he's like, leave. You got to fucking take your Tylenol and drink your Gatorade. So it's been, that has been the toughest part for me is, is, is knowing that I'm in a place in my life where, where someone cares about me. 
<laughs> um, it feels kind of nice, then. Yeah. I had the same thing when I had it. I've never, I was the same way as you. I would pretend I wasn't sick. I'd continue on and assume. And then someone's actually take care of you, remind you like, Hey, get back in bed. Quit mm -hmm. being an idiot. Yeah. I, you know, I'm usually such like, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm usually like a put together kind of guy, you know, I, I get on work calls and I, I'll be wearing like a sport coat and like a button up shirt, my hair's combed and, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm shaven uh, um, from head to toe. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I'll have a nicely groomed facial hair and I'll have like a beautifully set up shot in the background, you know, well, whereas other people, you know, they'll hop on a call and uh, we'll just see the top of their head. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the camera's shaking. Um, but for the past couple of days, you know, I've just, as you, as you can see, Ben, from watching the feed, like I've just been a schlub, like I'm unshaven, I'm just wearing pajamas and my hair is like all messed up on my sweaty brow. Um, but I've realized that I actually look cool like this, that I actually look like um, the Mandalorian when he takes his helmet off because it's such a, it's like, you would think that in like a TV show when the Mandalorian takes his helmet off, like his hair would look, you know, great, like mine usually does. But they do a realistic thing and his hair is all fucked up because he's under this Mando helmet. But so I look like Pedro Pascal uh, taking his helmet off. So I'm, I think I might just stick with this look, you know, COVID chic. What do you think? Dude, I'm, I, this is the first time I've seen you like this. I think it's great. I was trying to think of like what biblical character you would look like. And it's one of them. I don't know which one. I'm not as familiar with the Torah yeah. as others are, but you look like one of them. I so I think I say keep it. Nice. Yeah, my I'm Levi Shimsham is my my Hebrew name, my true name. So Samson, I guess. You know, it's because I'll lose my power if I shave my mustache. <laughs> oh yeah, you can't do that. It's all power derives from facial hair for men, at least that have facial hair. I'll at least lose my authority as a father figure in my, my son's life if I am not mustachioed. Totally. But, but, but your wife's feeling okay still, you said? My, my, yeah, I know. I've like buried the lead here. My, yes, my pregnant-ass wife is feeling well. Um, thankfully, even though she was the first one to have symptoms, um, she's had you know, relatively mild symptoms, uh, thank, thank the maker. Um, so, and I've had relatively, con considering you, know, you see these, you know, on Chris Cuomo's show, he shows these like video clips of, of guys, you know, who they, they look like they've been afflicted by that, that those green capsules from the rock that make your face melt, <laughs> you know? So it's like on one hand, like obviously the Trump administration is evil for the way they've, they've, they've handled this, but for the vast majority of healthy people like us, I, honestly, I've had worse flus than that. That being said, folks, if you're living in LA, because we are the epicenter, the United States, Los Angeles County, in which we reside, has the highest infection rate in a state, California, that has the highest infection rate, in a country, United States, that has the highest infection rate. So even if you follow CDC guidelines, if you go out, and we did, if you go out and you go to the store masked up, you know, and you stay away from people and you just try to buy your fucking bread, because... You know, we need to eat and I refuse to sign up for Amazon Fresh. I'd rather fucking die of COVID than give a goddamn dime to Amazon. So even if you follow these, these guidelines, since one out of 20 people in, in LA is purported to, to have the, the coronavirus now, if you just step outside of your house to go feed your family, odds are you're going to 
fucking get this disease. And, and as of Wednesday, it was one in a hundred and then Thursday it's one in 20. So, you know, God knows what it's going to look like next week unless, you know, just stay home because I'm very lucky here. And you, you know, you're lucky too. And obviously my, my wife is lucky. The kid has no idea. He's having a good time. He's kicking around in there, enjoying all the NyQuil and, <laughs> and stuff and zinc capsules. So he's killing it. My, you know, Amelia's killing it. She just podcasted on her pod. This is trash and did her big COVID reveal. So, you know, here we are. Wow. And it's like, Ben, you know, people like us in our own sanctimonious, we're not really doing anything away. I've been shit, you know, been fighting part of the resistance against Trump. But for the most part, you know, our lives have been, been, you know, fine under, under the Trump rule. You know, like I said, we're, you know, we're both, uh, we're both okay. Um, so the, 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 our anger has sort of been on behalf of other people, on behalf of the, you know, immigrants and refugees seeking shelter on behalf of the kids ripped out of the arms of their mothers on behalf of of the other people who you know live crammed up in in tiny apartments uh who can't stop the spread if one person god forbid gets it and you know um odds are um you know less fortunate people are going to be working some of these jobs that that are essential and therefore be exposed um but you know now it feels, and not that this makes the Trump administration any any worse that now it's a, it's affecting us, but it shows that sort of like nobody is, even if you're if you're lucky like us and have a good life, and even if you take precautions, like no one is safe. And then of course these emails leak where Trump officials were literally they literally it was this was a doctor who said this as I recall, in in this email he said, look if it's just young people you know getting sick, who cares. They literally said, who cares? And more than that, they said, hey, this is herd immunity. This is good. So let's let as many people get sick as possible. And quote, who cares, unquote. I had not seen that one yet. I had seen, I've only heard on another talk radio uh, that there's been some bosses at companies doing betting pools on who's going to get it or die first of their employees, which was sick. Mm -hmm. but then they also reminded they had someone on and reminded that the that was tyson chicken or something that yes as a that most people obviously a two or three percent of people who get it um pat, of dying is obviously terrible but what we forget sometimes when we don't look at the death rate is that there's a far larger number of people that have irreparable harm to either their lungs or their mental capacity all sorts of other things that just makes life more difficult to lead after they're still alive. And it's like a lot of this stuff from like, oh, just young people, it's just like, it's so, it's sickening that it's, that it's these continued grasps for power at that now, you know, at first it was just like, let's just get all the money and power. Now it's, let's also deny that people's lives, direct, let's directly deny that people's lives have value in whatever state they're in. And it's now no longer an indirect link with like the money and power. Now it's just direct and it's, it's just, it's sickening. How dare these people say all lives matter, blue lives matter. How dare they? Clearly no one's life matters. As you said, there's only one fucking thing that matters to Trump to Nancy Pelosi, 
to Gavin Newsom to to Chucky Shooms. There's only one thing that matters to these people. And as our esteemed Congresswoman Alan Omar said, it's all about the Benjamins. That's the only thing that matters is money and power. And we all know that those are interchangeable. And to close out that point, like I said, this is the, the rage that white ass people like us have had has been on behalf of other people. Uh, and it's one of those, and when they came for us, there was no one left for me because now I've, and this is, I know this sounds douchey, but I feel personally attacked by this administration. I feel like, who cares? I feel like this administration personally attacked my unborn child. So these fucking assholes who say all lives matter, who say that the sanctity of, a, of life begins the first time a 12 year old has a fucking wet dream, thinking about that Carmen Electric Doritos commercial. These same people, they don't care that, that pregnant women are getting attacked by this virus due to their not incompetence or negligence, but their outright just disdain for ordinary people in their lives. And I will never forgive not only this administration, but the Republican Party for this. And I, I used to be one of those people like, I'm not, I'm not one of those ones that those people are like, if you voted for Trump, don't even comment. I will unfriend you. Okay. Like, okay, well, good. Woohoo. Good for fucking you. I'm not one of those people. When I, when I find out there's someone who has a different opinion from me that I know, I treat it as an opportunity to figure out what the fuck is going on and think, are you crazy? Am I crazy? Are we both crazy? What's going on? But I'm sorry. If you ever vote for a Republican again after this, you can cut your own dick off, shove it up your fucking ass, squeeze and fuck yourself. Like the Democrats are horrible, horrible, horrible people. You know, the leaders of the Democratic Party can, they can suck a dick. But these, the GOP is, is evil, is evil, indefensible. So if you vote for a Republican, I won't unfriend you. But if I see you, I will beat the shit out of you. And if I ever talk to someone, you know, my, 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 we have a family friend who passed a few years ago, bless her heart. Lily Black, who survived the, the Holocaust. And she literally had to hide out in a sewer. And as the story goes, up to her neck in shit. Now, I don't know how hyperbolic that is, but even if it was just a little bit of shit that got on the side of her fucking, you know, uh, uh, dress, that's enough Nazi shit, okay? But this woman crawled through shit to survive, come to America and build a family. And my aunt once asked her, what would you do if you ever, what would you say if you ever encountered a Holocaust denier? And this tiny woman who is like the size of baby Yoda and was as old as actual Yoda, she says, I wouldn't say anything. I'd punch him in the face. And if I ever talk to anyone who says COVID wasn't a big deal or um, or it was fake, or it was the Kung flu, or any of this shit. If I ever hear anyone say that, I don't care if they're my server at a restaurant or they're my, my bank teller. I will physically assault this person on site. That is a promise. So 
So you're more on the Malcolm X side than the MLK side. That's, it's like, I to, it's totally, everything you said, I, I, I think it's spot on. And uh, I guess the only thing I would add is when, when we think about this term, this idea of there being centrist Democrats, we have to ask center to what and what, what are the two ends they're centering on? And when you and when you have, as you aptly describe, um, what's increasingly become uh, a fascist political party that's trying to, you know, based on the myths, take back the party for what you know in the country for for what they think is theirs because their leaders are falling in this idea of divine right of kings and all this. You center yourself. Right. One of the things Ooh. you're centering with is that end, and the other end is in that. Um, isn't as far as, you know, the more humane things where you're centering human well-being and human life. You're, you're obviously not just as bad. I, you don't, can't call them Nazis, but, but it's like we, we say things like, you know, centrist Democrats are also to blame in some degree. And I think California is where we see that hypocrisy the most because Newsom. we go on and on about how Newsom. aggressive we are, how, how rich we are, all this kind of thing. And it's like- Gavin Newsom saved the gays, exactly. led them to the promised land. Right, but then you see Fucking who are they still meeting with? Wine swizzling piece of shit. And the fact that all of the things that we could have done, the ideas around the table, I was part of some of the movements actively trying to convince our state level officials to do it, they didn't listen. It's like California very well could have said, you know, you one to 5% of people uh, are not, who are going to be negatively impacted. We're going to shut down the airports. We're going to shut down, you know, do a very hard hammer. We're going to use our uh, organized military force to disperse food. And we're going to do an actual close to, as close to what they did in China and other countries as possible and actually exterminate this thing they didn't even come close to that and they no. also continue to blame someone else rather than themselves for their own like half-assed action and what they're centering themselves with is yeah well you know the big companies we can't have here we can't hurt their revenue because we lose taxes it's like well first of all they're evading taxes and, and and moving out and not paying them anyway so that's bullshit. but taxes at a time like now are not the way you justify yeah, what taxes are they talking about? If we can't reopen our business, how will we be able to to shuffle our taxes to offshore accounts? Exactly. So, and so what we live in is the land of the greatest hypocrisy, and that's why. And, and so we just. And so that's. Why I feel the same way. It's that. It's just. It's. Uh, I don't even know. As Richard Wolf, I listened yeah. to him earlier this week. He kept saying, I, I'm at loss of words for it. And then at one point he's like, words are my, uh, he didn't say business, but he's like, words are what I, I give to the world. And I, he kept, and he caught himself. I was like, I keep saying I'm at a loss of words. It's like some of these things, there's no words for them. No, except just rage and disbelief. And I mean, there, there are two, there, there are words for this, Ben. There's two words that everyone is too, everyone in the news and politics is too, cowardly to say there are two words fuck you like i just wish jim acosta would would stand up you know maggie haberman would stand up and be like mr president uh fuck you 
yeah that's where yeah exactly it's like the de- we the closest we get are the few progressives in congress you don't quite say fuck you yeah but then they're so spine they're so like they, they're so quick to back down and it's like someone's like oh what it, it's so hard to do these things it's like yeah it is hard but there are probably tens of thousands of people that that would be happy to do it um and so it's not like you know it's just yeah so someone yeah it's the yeah. fuck you it's so to comment on a couple of things you you were saying just to and then we'll we'll move on here because you said some great things um first of all you know you said oh you're more on the you know malcolm x by any means possible side rather than the than the MLK. I mean, I was being hyperbolic. I'm a peaceful person. I'm not going to hit anybody, but I will be very aggressive verbally with with that, whomever this individual is. So, for the record, for the record, I'm not going <laughs> to hurt anybody. Okay. Um, but to the credit of both of those heroic men, um, you can be by any means necessary and also satyagraha as well. Um, because the revolution needs needs soldiers and they need monks you know there isn't we don't have real life jedi that are soldiers and monks you know we need dr king and we need uh and we need um malcolm um and at the end of the day let's look at i always try to look at what's the end result of anything so the end result of, of the legacies of both those men they were both murdered we still, in the case of, of Malcolm X, we don't know who killed him. Most people don't talk about this. We do not know who killed them. Now, we do know that there was no police officers there and that the police officers didn't show up to the ballroom until like 15 minutes later or some shit. Okay. We do know, in the case of, of uh, 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 Dr. King, um, who, by the way, that side note, that asshole who said Dr. Jill Biden should not be called Dr. Jill Biden because she doesn't have an MD. Okay, so what are we just supposed to call him, Mr. King? You fucking piece of shit. Go fuck yourself. Okay, Dr. Asshole, MD. Okay, fuck you. Okay. What's that? No, he's not an MD. He just, the, the guy, fuck him. Guy probably can't even graduate from Trump University or whatever. So, anyway, in the case of MLK, in a civil suit, uh, it was found. Uh, that uh, uh, he was killed by a conspiracy between Lloyd Jowers and unknown individuals uh, in the United States government. And whenever MLK Day comes, uh, all of the Republicans who say all lives matter, they hop on Twitter and they talk about what a great fucking guy uh, MLK was. And to me, that is pissing on the grave of the Jesus of the 20, 20th century. Um, you were talking about, oh, if we don't open the economy, we won't get our, we won't be able to, you know, contribute our taxes or, you know, be job creators. First of all, like you said, these people will do anything they can not to pay taxes. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> Trump, you know, he fought Ed Koch in the, the 80s and got that tax abatement for, you know, between uh, the, the hotel that he reopened and Trump Tower, he got over $100 million in tax abatement. And I, I still believe that the Trump tax, because I think it goes for 40 years. So I think we technically might be at the point where Donald Trump might have to pay taxes on the most famous luxury uh, 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 domicile in the United States, perhaps the world, other than the White House. 
mm-hmm. he might be he might have to pay a single cent of taxes on that. Okay. Second of all, they just released a study saying that uh, trickle down economics, this whole idea that that the Republican business guys came up with, and they they took that fucking moronic muppet spineless piece of shit will burn in hell ronald reagan and his fucking demon spawn ass nancy reagan burning in hell wife uh they use them as the spokespeople to be well you know hey it's all gonna trickle down you know if we basically create a servant class in the united states but our corporate overlords make enough money it'll all trickle down well they did a study that it doesn't work it does not work it doesn't trickle down it floods up yeah it only trickles down if you have governance, redistribution. You need so much going. It doesn't just naturally, it's not a river. It's a fucking human created system. We just want direct flow, like this idea of what's being, it, it's a type of what they call a digital wallet, a Fed account. You know, only banks right now have access to the Federal Reserve, our central bank. Make it so that every person in, the country, I even argue, the world that use, has used the U.S. dollars impacted has an account. And during times like now, if you want to, quote unquote, stimulate the economy, just put money in people's accounts. Keep it as simple as possible. Don't start it somewhere and hope that maybe these people are benevolent and they'll do what's right. It's like, uh, no, don't do that. The people that do what's right. And Nancy Pelosi is the one who is a key figure in stopping this. Now, why is that? Why is Nancy Pelosi doing everything she can to pretend like she wants to give give money to people who are dying of COVID and are going to be knocked on the streets because they can't get a fucking uh, a fucking check from a company or unemployment? Why is she doing everything she can to pretend like she wants to put money in these folks' pocket? but doing everything she can to undermine the individuals in her own party that are doing everything they can to get that money into those people's pockets. Well, there has to be a reason, right? Everyone, everyone has a reason they do things unless they're insane. So, okay. So maybe Nancy Pelosi is just insane. Okay. I, I, I'm going to discount. <laughs> what, what was that? Amelia says she is quote a dumb bitch unquote. Okay. Well, that's the reason. Well, we're, that's what I'm getting at here. And it, because I'm not allowed to say myself, someone's a dumb bitch. I have to, I have to string together a thought, <clears throat> despite my COVID brain. <laughs> this is actually a really good exercise for me because I'm like, okay, my brain still works. Um, I can be just as annoyingly liberal as, as I once was. So it's one of two things. It's one of two reasons why she won't let this happen. One of them is, uh, and, and, and it's all based um, in the fact that she knows that if we just let people survive, if we just let everybody have a piece of the wealth of this country, it's not socialism or, you know, just giving away free stuff. No, it's sharing the wealth. This is a wealthy country. If you live here and you contribute, you should get a piece out of that. And if you can't, if there's no one, if we can't have a federal job employee or federal uh, employment program, uh, then just give us a fucking piece because she knows that that will fundamentally disrupt the, the economic stratification that benefits individuals like her living in gated communities in San Francisco, okay, while people die of starvation around her. Um, they know that once there's no reason for us to, to waste our lives away doing work that doesn't matter for the, the pure sake of uh, controlling us, 
that the power she has and the, the safety of her money will dissipate. Okay. Um, so there's, there's two reasons why, uh, why this would happen, right? One is that she's just afraid of losing her money. Okay. The other is that she is just a sadistic person who enjoys watching people suffer and die while she picks out scarves and eats ice cream and gets her hair did. You know, whatever you want to say about Nancy Pelosi, I don't think she's a, a mustache twirling uh, Bond villain who just actively enjoys killing people. Uh, so it must be the, 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 uh, the other thing. It must be that she is just a greedy, selfish, and as my wife would say, dumb bitch. Okay? It, it, it has to be that. And if, in fact, she was a mustache-twirling Bond villain, I'd be like, fine, the world needs more of them. It makes it much easier when we have to fucking storm the gates and lock them up. <laughs> but it's not. It's just a petty, selfish, rich person. She doesn't want to lose her power, and she knows, or she calculates the risk of doing this would diminish her financial support that pays for her reelection. And also she might just have been around people that have told her this for so long that she actually believes that the current system just needs, you know, it's gone through some rough times, but it just needs a little tweaking. Like she might just believe it. That's what I've started to think recently. Like they've been talking to this, they live in their own echo chambers. So she is crazy is what you're saying. Uh, they may just well believe that this is actually true. And yeah, they don't want to give up their power. They don't want to disrupt their place. And I even think it's, it's part sharing the wealth, but then it's also just this, this leap of faith and trust that if you distribute this thing we call money to individuals, they'll aggregate it in different ways and create all the same thing that we say, that we say right now needs to be created in these very heavy-handed ways to go through uh, top-down organizations. And it would kind of completely disrupt their whole worldview because it requires that they trust that just through a lot of different types of collective action, we'd get to not only the same outcome, but also one in which the gains are distributed more equally, not only in the U.S., but all over the world. And also there's far less uh, suffering and just psychological harm that's created by living in such a completely unequal world but i think they think that this would lead to i don't know what they think it would lead to but whoever whatever they think it is it's Utopia. they might just believe the people telling them their advisors the people they have their brunches and lunches and dinners with and vacation with because they're certainly not doing it with normal people anymore there's nothing that power brokers fear more than utopia <laughs> yeah you know, and I and I am a utopian. Essentially, I fundamentally fundamentally believe there is an there are enough resources on this planet to feed everyone, give them a plot of land, some free Wi-Fi, uh, and let them live. I'd like that. So I'm a utopian in a sense that it's possible. Um, but for those who benefit uh, uh, from from suffering. You know, the, the, the Joe Bidens of the world who frankly would not be president if it wasn't for, you know, half a million people dying of COVID um, would never be president. Yeah. Okay. Trump would have sailed to reelection. That's a good. 
way of framing it, the power brokers fear that utopia that, because we meet reach that point, what, by a generation or two ago, in which, with really any way of looking at it or calculating it, we did have, we had finally broken out of what you might call resource scarcity to meet basic needs of everybody. And then it became a distributional thing. And there's all sorts of different ways that an economist or social scientist or this, that, or the other will look at how to do it. But the thing is, like you said, this more utopic thing, which, you know, in the utopia, there's still people that lie, cheat, and steal. It's just that bullies aren't giving, given the levers of extreme power, that they still have to contend at a very grassroots level. So you don't, it doesn't metastasize as quickly. But it's like, we reach that point, probably somewhere we think in the 60s or 70s, where if we reconfigured how we used all of our accumulated technologies and know-how, we could have actually done it differently and it would be very, look very different uh, right now. But instead, we're still in this mindset of, no, 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 like you can't, uh, you can't, we hear this a lot from especially different fields of economics that you can't intervene on distribution. They have all these reasons why. And it's like, well, you certainly can if you never try because our current way sure as hell isn't working. And so, yeah, power brokers fear utopia. We certainly got a lot of resources over to Iraq and Afghanistan when we wanted to start killing Haji. We certainly got a shit ton of resources over to, to, to Laos uh, when we were ready to, to kill uh, brown folks over there. So um, like you said, yeah, there was a moment in the 60s where you know, maybe if we had followed uh, the idealism of, of some of the leaders who were all uh, murdered that uh, you know, maybe we could have had a different society. Maybe it didn't have to be like this. Yeah. But we could but we could also start at any point. Yeah. We could start today, we could start tomorrow. That's what more and more that's why people are still taking these issues up more and more across the world. I mean, looking in India, there was the largest mass protest ever, three hundred yeah. million people. We there's it's never, you know, the best, you know, like as as that one proverb, the best time to plant a tree was twenty years ago. The second best is today. We can still do these things. Right. Like I always say, when it comes to to solving these problems, feeding people, building some fucking houses, and uh, and and giving people some healthcare, we can start tomorrow, and it'll be easy, and it'll be fun. We will sing songs of joy while we build houses together. So why is it that it doesn't happen when we have uh, these people who are? And I told I told Amelia your joke about you know Obama. What's the biggest disappointment of your career, of your presidency, that you weren't able to create the first uh, first trillionaire? <laughs> uh, but you know we're at this place where you know we're we're tracking on to uh, we'll have our first trillionaires soon. So we have these guys who say you know they pretend like oh I care about the, the planet and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and they have the money to do it and the, the, the network of other people with the money to do it. So it's like, okay, well, why isn't it happening? Because it's this whole thing, you know, Bill Gates can still can say he cares about the, the, the world, but um, he still needs uh, this system to stay in place uh, so that um, everyone has to be these little worker bees building nothing for no one mm -hmm. so that he can sell Microsoft teams licenses uh, to just ruin everybody's 
everybody's life and and get us excited when new new features come along you know they have a there's a new feature uh, that uh, microsoft has that's literally just in uh, it's called like employee efficiency i mean this is a thx 1138 nightmare yeshua oh my gosh liberal guilt radio's favorite unelected volunteer i can't hear <laughs> how you doing buddy oh hey how's it going man I, I'm doing well. We are joined with a surprise cameo from uh, Liberal Guilt Radio's favorite unelected uh, volunteer, uh, Josh. How you doing, sir? Uh, doing all right. How about yourself? He is an elected official. What? No. Oh, yeah. No. Un, uh, sorry. Unpaid elected volunteer. I fucked that up. Ah. Yeah. Liberal Guilt Ra Radio's favorite unpaid elected volunteer, Josh. How you doing, sir? Doing all right. Look at you two guys. You, this is... You know, I was just saying I'm a, I'm a utopian, you know, and I think that if uh, if we had uh, more um, sanctimonious white men like us, um, that everyone could be, <laughs> could be could be sitting in a beautiful backyard filled with with flowers and, 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 and good friends who have yeah. survived or are surviving the, the Rona. Josh, you, you still you you never got the Rona, did you? I never did. Nice. Solid. Well, it, it sucks dick, so don't get it. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, man. Listen to you healing thoughts and vibes and Thank everything you. good going your way. Thank you. I, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I uh, appreciate you too, dude. Did you watch uh, Mando? I didn't watch it today. Okay. Well, I want to watch it with my folks. All right, good. Well, put a, uh, put a, put a Trojan over your skull because you're about to get mind fucked, my friend. Whoa, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I have to hit the road, but I miss okay. you, dude. And I, I hope you, too, man. you feel right as rain in no time. I will. May the force be with you. And also with you. Thank right you. as rain. You hear that, folks? <laughs> God bless. Love that, man. Um, rain. <laughs> seriously, like, I, I, I see someone, I see someone like Josh, and I'm like, we have the potential to not live in a shithole planet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if we had more, if we had like two or three more Josh's, like that's the thing is like, why is, why is Trump and Joe Biden and Bill Clinton, why are these people president and not Josh? You know what I'm saying? Like Josh was like, yeah, it was drafted into joining the, the neighborhood council because no one is psycho enough to want to be, to to be the neighborhood council in uh in koreatown right uh although koreatown's an amazing place uh they got to draft somebody it would be so great if no one wanted to be president and they were just like ah oh, well we better draft barbara lee you know what i mean like and she's like oh, yeah. okay i guess i'll be fucking president Jeez. it's one of those age-old warnings about things like in a democracy you don't want someone in an elected official these positions that's been clamoring for it for so much which like, you know, you weigh those. It's like, you know, we do get people like AOC, but she was also drafted to do it. She was asked by Justice Democrats. No, she was. She was asked by the Justice Democrats to, um, to run. And she got enthusiastic about it. But it, it's true. It's like, I think it was a Russian philosopher said this like 50 years ago about the US. It's like, we'll only ever get, make progress when the white race, you get more of them to become traitors which I basically read to mean, it's like, use the word enough more often. It's like, if you already have enough 
spend all of your time and energy trying to uh, do whatever you can, which is normally going to be in a support role. You're not going to get credit. You're not going to be the face of it. Do whatever you're asked to do to help other people that haven't been as, 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 uh, as lucky as you are just to where you were born and do. Yeah. And shrink back a little bit and do what you're asked, do what you're told. And it's like, that's, but instead you get, you know, you get, you do get a lot of those people, but you tend not to know them because they're behind the scenes, but then you still get people like the Trumps and the Bidens who will do anything to, uh, uh, exalt themselves in the idea, this idea of divine right of Kings that they're best suited over everyone else yeah. to do it. Presidential um, cognitive disorder. Exactly. Which is the, the subject. I don't want to spoil too much, but I'm working on a new, a new play. Um, and, um, there's a, it's an alternate reality and there's a scene where, uh, Joe and, and Obama are talking. And in this alternate reality, Obama's not president yet. Um, and they're arguing about Trump and, uh, you know, you know, Obama says, you know, he has no interest in governing and, and Joe Biden says, so he just wants to be president. And Obama says, no, Joe, you want to be president. He just wants to say he's president. And <laughs> I think I think that there are there are three types of people who could potentially be president. One are people who should just be president. Um, the other are people who want to be president, like Joe Biden and, and Hillary Clinton. And the others are those who want to say they're president, like um, like Donald Trump. Um, and unfortunately, we usually get more of the the second, uh, and we never get get the the first. Um, but you know, look, I, I always said that the best thing that could come out of uh, uh, the Trump administration is if we dismantle the uh, the imperial presidency. But with with my man Joe, I. <laughs> I just I don't see that that happening. You know what I mean? Uh, totally. And I mean, even if even if you didn't dismantle that, but even things like some of these like inflection points, like the, not to harp on it again, but the idea of like a Fed account, like if we all if that's how money entered the economy, it fundamentally changes the distribution of power. But yes, and that would actually add that someone like Clinton and Biden strike me as people who think they deserve or are entitled to be president. They've said it in no less words. And I think that's another category. And that's why. And I think that was really detrimental to the entire Democratic Party and even the country that they didn't step aside and realize that some of the other people running who will be remain unnamed actually probably had way more actual support. And they instead they used the powers the institutional powers and the powers that be to disrupt that process. And now we're all going to pay dearly for it. Exactly. And like I said, uh, Joe, Joe Biden, he's done. He only had one, he only had one goal, which was to be president. And like we said last week, he, you know, went out and said, simply the best. And he's like, all right, good night, America. Thank you. Mic drop mission accomplished. Uh, so I don't really know what he believes in. I mean, Trump, it believes in himself. Okay. We know that's his ideology. I don't know what Biden's ideology is because, you know, he ran for president you know, what, three times and each time he seemed to be a different candidate who believed in some other boring thing that meant nothing. 
so I don't really he know. Is, he's not <laughs> egomaniacal, but he's incredibly egoistic. There's a great yes. clip uh, on the intercept either earlier this week or last week of the entire, uh, he did a, a meeting, a virtual meeting with eight civil rights leaders. And, <laughs> oh yeah, um, Chapo was talking about this. Yeah, it's good to watch because the way that you see, like the whole time I was watching this, I was like, this guy is an asshole. The way that he uh -huh. talks to people and the way that he uh, unilaterally takes credit for things that, you know. Well, he doesn't think he's on TV. He's a fucking prick. But even I, I was reading some, an article, a, an interview with one of his campaign managers starting 50 years ago. And he's always been like this. That's one of the things that they loved and hated. But they could once he actually he did this, he would just go off the cuff and people actually liked it. So they're like, well, let him just keep doing it. But now it's gotten to the point where he just, he has got, and the way he talks, it's, he's belittling and he's, and then he'll take credit for things where he's like, I was the only one that did this or that. It's like, well, first of all, that's a complete lie, but. Yeah. Well, when, when Bernie was, was marching with civil rights leaders and not even combing his hair, like Joe Biden was wearing loafers without socks. Uh, and taking credit for their work. That's the big thing. He's like, I was the one in the 80s that did this in the Senate. I was the only, he even used stuff like, I was the only one supporting this. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, he was sitting around circle jerking with Ted Kennedy while they they verbally assaulted uh, Anita Hill. What the exactly. fuck Exactly. And about? it's like anything he supported, he's- Did he just forget that or is he just lying? Yeah. I don't know. And if he was like Bernie, who he should have, it, it would have been- let me give credit where credit's due and raise the voices of some people you might never have heard of that actually did the work. And I was just an elected official that cast my vote because I heard all these. But no, we don't get that. Instead, we get the ego, egoistic version of like, I did this and I was the only one that was supporting it then. I was the one that I, I worked... I've done more for, he almost said what Trump said, like I've done more for, done black, more for people. black people. Yeah. He almost said that. And I was like, dude, you are... Oh my God, it was sickening. And I am not uh, optimistic about the next several years. No, why would you be? I never would have been. No, no, I wasn't before. You heard what I was saying before about how, what, yeah, it's. Look at what Johnson did to this country. Look at what Clinton did to this country. I mean, you, you, I mean maybe they didn't, maybe they weren't actively trying to, to hurt people, but their cowardice and the way that they've just kowtowed to Republicans, they've sold this country, you know, uh, uh, down the river or whatever. The, the so Lee, is. let me ask you, I think we've, we should probably, you know, do another five or 10 minutes. Do we yeah, have and some, then we'll wrap it up. some positive notes today to, to talk about it? Or it's really like, it's hard sometimes. Like <laughs> I'm I think sitting at home with fucking coronavirus. What do you mean positive notes? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was about to say some of this stuff actually is positive. Cause it's what we're saying is like, we have the power to still do these things. All hope is not lost. The planet has not ended. Um, positive. Uh, Mando, they dropped the end. If you if you care about Mando and you're listening, I, I don't know what the crossover is. You know, one of the five people who listen to this also watches Mando. But if if you're that person, uh, shut it off now. But Mando was good. Mando is fixing all of the problems um, with Star Wars. So Star Wars seems okay. Um, but positive things, yeah, the vaccine is distributed. I keep thinking about, I, I was talking, we did all those episodes about JFK a couple of weeks ago. And I keep thinking about how JFK, when he got clipped, was about to get on the freeway. Like literally 
if they if the guy had stepped on it after the first shot was fired instead of turning around going there yeah, what's going on uh kennedy would have would have made it out uh or the end of the dirty dozen everybody's getting shot except john cassavetes and a couple of guys they they survived jim brown's down telly savalas is down trini trini lopez is down everybody's getting fucking shot donald pleasance these are uh, um not Donald Pleasants, uh, uh, Donald Sutherland, he's already dead. And finally, a couple guys, including John Cassavetes and Lee Marvin, they're on their way out. And John Cassavetes is like, we made it. I can't believe we, and then he gets shot in the head. Luckily, we didn't die, but I feel a bit like that, like getting COVID or testing positive the day that the first vaccine, um, the first vaccine uh, uh, gets gets administered. That that feels a bit like that. Uh, Positive things, you know, I I don't really want to, step into the hot water of, of talking about um, uh, Vice President-elect uh, uh, Harris, um, but uh, I don't want to really get into policy right now on that, but uh, she has inspired a lot of, of young women. And I think that a lot of young women uh, were crushed seeing just the abject sexism that Hillary Clinton experienced in 2016. And yes, you can you can think that Hillary Clinton is a demon spawn and also think that she was she was treated unfairly. Like both of those things can be Yeah, totally. Two things can be true at once, people. Uh and I think there was a lot of young women who went with their moms to 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 vote and then were crushed to see a, a, a obese orange rapist and now they they feel like there's a ch- a chance for maybe some degree of equality in the future um that if someone who loves Tupac that much can be president maybe and be vice president maybe I can too i had at work this week at the job uh was able to get some um feminist critique of capitalism into our uh company um onboarding materials which goes even deeper than it, what it looks at is not only the idea of gender equality, obviously, but that uh, that we still need to look at both hierarchy, but then also this idea of um, where it's not only about it's part of it's about choice that it's it's not necessarily better for, say, a woman to be in the workplace but rather what does it mean to put the well-being of a human front and center? And a lot of what that looks like is the, the taking care of somebody, usually the mother, but it could be a father, it could be two fathers, two, it could be any sort of uh, configuration, um, that if they so choose to spend a number of years raising a kid, that they should be able to provide at least their, their basic needs. One, including not just food and water, but also shelter and health, that it shouldn't, right. And, and part of it is also this idea of not only pay equality and, and, and power within an organization, um, that's part of it, but then also there was another book called Tyranny of Merit that I heard the author uh, talk about last week on another uh, podcast. Well, when the conditions of merit are defined by the, the white patriarchy, then what does merit really mean? Exactly. And what they're saying is, and that's actually how I read a lot of that debacle with the Wall Street Journal thing. It's like, I was taking another view of it, which it's like, yes, this is a, and this is actually an argument that goes on for decades in the PhD MD field. But it's like what, what I found in a lot of the uh, responses is that there was still this social Darwinism 
in which it's like some people are still better than others, but it wasn't as much of like, let's, let's try to start instilling in future generations and kids the idea that no matter what you do, if you're contributing in some way into a society, uh, in a way that the society agrees has value, then you're, then you're doing well and you don't, and not, it doesn't mean where it's like, oh, well, they have a master's degree and not a bachelor's or, oh, they didn't finish high school yet. It's like, okay, but not using those things as a way to, 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 to sort people into different levels of value and how much they should be respected and also paid, but also respected. And so that's how I, I found a lot of the responses to that, um, to that thing with the Wall Street Journal actually quite anti or feminist is only certain ways, but not culturally much more of this, uh, you know, I just want to fight to be at the top and, and, and reign supreme um, and still have very rigid hierarchies, not a patriarchy because it's not just men, but, and so some of it was actually quite disturbing and fell, falls under this tyranny of merit idea that, that I ascribe to much more. Yeah, the tyranny of merit. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, and yeah, you 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 bring up uh, uh, parental leave, and you know, as a soon-to-be parent who's about to to go on parental leave, I was <laughs> when when my, when works was like, oh yeah, you you're eligible for all, all of this. I was like, wait, guys, guys can take parental leave? What? I'm not even gay. Why do I get parental leave? Uh, and then they laid out like how much time I could take off. I was like. I, I almost felt guilt. I did feel guilty. I was like, why do I deserve this? Like, um, you know, is this truly equitable when there's mothers who were like working multiple jobs who don't get this? Like, is it truly equitable that I'm going to be gone getting paid uh, and, and other people at our work who are majority uh, women will be will be doing uh, my job for me and, and, uh, and make their job harder? How is that equitable? Do I deserve this? And then I realized, Lee, you solipsistic fuck, it's not about you, which I think is the theme that I've been trying to, to, to bring into 2000. I'm trying to bring in 2020. Lee, it's not about you. Everyone, it's not about you. It's not about how you feel about Black Lives Matter. It's not about how you feel about wearing masks. It's not about how you feel about getting parental leave. The reason why the state and work is giving you parental leave is not for you, Lee. It's for your son. It's for your wife. Okay. Because in actuality, it would probably, my life would probably be easier if I just got to go, all right, bye, sweetie, and go fucking commute off to the office uh, uh, and order a $15 salad and, and, uh, and, and work from there while she's at home uh, uh, smeared in, in shit and barf. It would be much easier for me to do that. Uh, but the benefit is for her. Like, I'm not going to be on a fucking vacation here. I, it's not like I'm going to take parental leave and and go to Tahiti. I'm going to take parental leave and be washing poopy diapers. Now, obviously, this is a, a beautiful, beautiful gift that I'll be able to spend this time with my 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 son. But again, it's for him. It's for her. 
It's not, they're not saying you get time off, Lee. They're saying we are giving your family the right to redirect your work efforts from work temporarily to your family. And we are saying that your family is equally important a, as we are. And it took me a second to get over myself and figure that out. And I see it as part of contributing, those actions contribute to what we call like the collective good. That by, Correct. and part of having a collective good is having the next generation. You know, we know that if you can spend more time and energy with kids, things tend to, tend to go better. So we're, exactly, we're saying it's not about you. Uh, it is about really the kid, but then beyond that, it's just the collective good that we need to contribute to. And this is, and so what, one thing I just realized is like, you know, I love the, in the office, how they used to joke around about <laughs> redundancy in the British version, especially. In my mind, I'm starting to realize that what they joked around about redundancy and oh i've been made redundant there's i mean there's a lot of things in there but part of it is like you want the redundancy so that things that make up real life the reason we go to work in the first place are easier when real life events happen so that you have backup so that when one two or a few people have kids and need to raise them it's not a shit show while they're gone and it's part of that it's like we're going to uh, uh, it's about that collective good and different ways of contributing to it. And that's what you're about to embark upon. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'll send you a list of all the shit I need you to do while I'm gone. You better not fuck okay. this up, Ben. Uh, no. so I'll, let, do, let's... I'll do all of them the day before you get back. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, so yeah, let's end on a positive note. Okay. Uh, we can still do this we can still save this planet and its inhabitants. We can still um, let people escape the uh, regions of this planet that are becoming increasingly uh, uninhabitable due to the uh, uh, extreme disrespect and violent nature that we've we've treated our planet, we can, we can help those people escape and bring them here and, and, and embrace them uh, as the, the Bible tells us that not only we should or that we can, but that we have to. So if you believe in anything, you have to do this or you will go to hell, okay? We can still do this. Uh, we can still give everybody who wants a job a fucking job. We can still give anybody who can't work a job a chance to live. We can still fix all of the bugs in Cyberpunk 2077 and release it bug-free on the PlayStation Store without having to give people uh, refunds. We can still produce a season of The Mandalorian that's not just a fucking backdoor pilot for eight other shows. We can storm the gates. We can tell the fucking clerics on the Supreme Court to fuck themselves. We can tell the president, whether she's Joe Biden or Donald Trump, to eat our ass. And we can take back this fucking country. Eat, eat the ass with jelly or syrup? With syrup, whatever. From Plenty. the 90s. That was a, a throwback to a 90s joke. Yes. We can heal the wounds between each other and society. We can save the Palestinian people. Uh, 
we can heal the rifts between India and Pakistan. We can tell England to please, for the love of God, Brexit and turn off all your phones so we never have to hear from another goddamn English person ever the fuck again. Whoa! I if, got you're, if you're the one person in the if you're the one person in the UK who who I saw from the stats downloaded the last episode, um, I'm going to assume that you are James Bond, and I'm sorry if I offended you. Mm-hmm. And it's only uh, you, not me. I've got a really good British friend coming to stay here tomorrow. So no, I got I have I we I have, love the Brit. I have British friends too. You're I have, kidding. I'm kidding. I have a, a, a wonderful British friend who's a, a, about to be a dad who uh, he invites me to play this uh, sailor, this like pirate game where you have to do like semi-realistic sailing and like turn port and starboard and lower the mass and all this stuff. And I don't know shit about sailing, uh, but you know, he'll be like giving out all of these like sailing orders to us. And like he's like a good like captain, and it's like if you're just a, a man in England, they just like in school like <laughs> teach you how to be a navy captain, and and someone was like, yeah, actually that that, that kind of is yeah. what happens. I, because if I had one, and then I have the four C's of raising kids and ourselves too for achieving this. We've got care, compassion, curiosity, and critique. And that's all. With those four powers. And we can, there's so much we can do. We share a little bit and we, once we have enough in our own lives, we do what we can to support efforts uh, for others and really help direct the onus of the rage and, and hate to the very small number of people that are truly, we might even say evil and stop, in, stop the infighting. There you go. All of us small people. But yeah, that's a great note. Great. Well, we'll end it on that, folks. Um, for for Ben, for me, for Josh, our favorite uh, elected unpaid volunteer, from everyone here at the Liberal Guilt Radio family, uh, I'm Lee Golden. You've been listening to me talk on the internet. Uh, stay the fuck inside. Do not get COVID. I was very lucky, uh, but you might not be. So treat this seriously, okay? And because I have COVID, for some reason, sourdough bread smells like fucking rat poison. And I will never forgive Donald Trump for that because I like sourdough bread. I love love bread. (laughs) Bread, Bread will save us all. It is funny that our religion is like this bread-based religion. It was like, and we escaped for, and we were tortured and killed for years and enslaved by the Egyptians. But the worst part is we didn't even have time to finish our bread. We didn't, we couldn't even bring some yeast in our rolled up pant leg. And so now so we, we suffer. Matzo. The greatest suffering, we could, like the Catholics, they'll do these like self and some of the extreme Catholics will do these things where like during Christmas, they'll actually literally crucify themselves to prove their, their devotion. And the Jewish people, our idea is like, for a week, we won't eat bread. Yeah, no yeast. <laughs> no yeast. So All let right. them eat yeast. <laughs>